Welcome to Chapter One with Houston Public Library, where we give you just enough story to get you hooked. This episode features The Dreamweaver by Reina Luz Alegre, read by Monique. This title is intended for tweens and is suitable for most audiences. Recorded with permission of SNS Books for Young Readers, an imprint of Simon and Schuster. Chapter One. Zoe stared at the rows and rows of makeup in front of her, glittery lip glosses to her left, at least a dozen different kinds of mascara to her right, all promising lush, full lashes. Above, rows of foundation compacts for a wide range of skin tones, and beneath, rainbows of shimmering eyeshadow and bright nail polish just begging to be browsed but Zoe's hands stayed in the front pockets of her jeans. She'd watched so many tutorials online, and yet she always chickened out when it came to actually buying the stuff. It didn't help that Dad would say it was a waste of money either. She knew Mommy would probably say the same thing if she were here. From what Zoe could remember, Mommy had rarely worn more than a touch of blush, a dab of lipstick. But of course... Her mommy had been beautiful. She didn't need anything extra. Still, Zoe couldn't help craving a dramatic transformation for herself, and it was more than just makeup she wanted. All the other girls at school magically knew what patterned tops and colored bottoms paired well, and how to coordinate outfits with fun shoes and costume jewelry. Zoe looked down at her own t-shirt, denim shorts, and beat-up faded flip-flops. She wouldn't even know where to start, and not knowing was embarrassing. It reminded her of when she was little, and Papi had expected her to answer his questions in Spanish about school or the new toys he and Abuela had bought her, a language she should have spoken better. Mommy had spoken almost exclusively to Zoe in Spanish before she had started preschool years ago, but that left her feeling like a phony in her own skin. She wished her mother were still alive so she could talk to her. But even if mommy were here, Zoe wasn't sure she could find the right words to describe this uneasy mess of feelings that sank along with all her other problems into the pit of her stomach. Zoe, where are you? A deep, urgent voice cut through Zoe's thoughts. Aisle nine, Zoe called back. A head of curly, dark hair poked around the aisle. Stop wandering off, Jose scolded, deftly maneuvering a cart between a baby stroller and a delicate display of perfumes. I'm 12, Zoe said. I don't need to hold your hand like a little kid. No, you need to help me find all the stuff on my list, Jose said. He glanced at the endless tubes of concealer and foundation. I don't need anything from here. Vamos, come on. Sighing and rolling her eyes, Zoe grabbed the cart from him and turned it around. Hey there, don't help me con malacara. Jose chided. Leave the attitude in the aisle. Sorry, Zoe said, meaning it. Con malacara had been one of their mother's favorite phrases. It meant literally, with a bad face. And hearing it always made Zoe imagine evil fairy tale queens or cackling cartoon villains. 
Jose looked down at his phone. Okay, we've got the pillow, laundry bag, detergent, trash bags. I still need bed sheets. I think they're that way. Linens turned out to be on the other side of the store. Zoe's stomach hurt as they walked. A few days ago, a dull ache had started just below her belly button. It was right around the time she'd done the math and realized she had only six weeks left before Jose went away to college. It totally sucked. Jose wouldn't be here in August, helping Zoe buy supplies for her first day at yet another new school. Having Jose around always made settling into a new place easier. And this time was extra hard because they'd just moved in with their grandfather, Papi, on Jersey Shore, and Dad didn't exactly get along with him. Navy or green? Jose asked, plucking the last boxes left under the cheapest price for twin XL jersey cotton. Zoe shrugged. What's wrong? You're so quiet. Zoe said nothing. She didn't want to make Jose feel guilty about leaving, but she didn't want to lie to him either. Tell me, Jose insisted. I don't want you to leave me. Zoe finally said in a small voice. To avoid Jose's gaze, she busied herself reorganizing the items in their shopping cart, making space for the set of sheets in Jose's hands. He tossed them in. Aw, Zoe, it's gonna be okay. The dull ache suddenly turned into a sharp pain, and Zoe bit her lip to keep from crying. She hoped Jose didn't notice and think she was being too emotional, but thankfully he seemed oblivious. I have to go to college, Jose said, spreading his hands matter-of-factly. I'm not doing it to leave you. If I want to become an engineer, I have to learn how. College has always been my dream. You know this. He playfully elbowed her ribs. Zoe nodded reluctantly, still fighting down the lump at the back of her throat. She tried sucking it in her stomach, which seemed to help, but only slightly. Of course she knew her brother's dream was to be an engineer. He liked science and building solid things and math. Every decision was carefully weighed and measured in Jose's world. But Zoe suspected Jose hadn't assigned homesickness or missing family much weight when he decided to go to the University of Florida. After all, Dad made them move so much that they didn't really have a permanent home. I know, it's your dream. Like how Dad dreams of owning a food truck on Jersey Shore. Ugh, don't compare me to Dad, Jose groaned, pushing the cart toward the shower caddies. I've wanted to be an engineer since third grade. Dad's constantly changing his mind. Dreams need time and freedom to grow and change, Zoe said automatically. It was what their father always said, and at least Dad took them with him when his dreams led him halfway across the country, unlike Jose. For a second, she wished she could stow away in one of Jose's duffel bags and go live in his dorm. Jose's jaw twitched. He rolled his eyes. Don't quote him, Zoe. Why not? Zoe demanded. The pain had gotten worse again, and now there was pressure beneath her belly button, too. It felt like her stomach was the dumpster at the end of a trash chute, filling up with gross, heavy garbage bags, except she hadn't even eaten much today.
Why did she feel so awful? You have to know the way dad does stuff isn't normal. Burning through mommy's life insurance money every time we move. Switching jobs five times a year. Quitting every single one of his business ideas because he's not a millionaire by the end of the week. Dad's so-called dreams, Jose made air quotes, are unrealistic and he gives up on them too easily. He just likes to have new things to look forward to. What's wrong with trying to make life interesting? Jose crossed his arms over his chest, exasperated. Dad could mix it up once in a while, not every two seconds. He's a loser. He's not a loser. Zoe cut Jose off. He's doing his best, and he's all we have. His dreams make him happy, and we can't afford for him to get so unhappy that he gets sick and dies too, she said, her voice shaking slightly. Gamate, don't get all dramatic. You have me too. Jose said, sighing and pulling Zoe in for a side hug. I just don't want you to think bouncing around like dad is okay. Someday you'll have to choose one thing and work hard for it, like me. I studied, I tutored seventh grade math on the weekends to save up, I earned scholarships. Zoe pulled away. At least I'm not going to miss you putting down dad all the time, she muttered under her breath. Jose didn't seem to hear, though. He was deep into his lecture and sounded like he was reading one of his college essays about perseverance in the face of adversity. Zoe tuned him out. She'd heard this spiel from her brother before, and she hated it when Jose called her dramatic, like she was blowing some silly thing out of proportion. Her concerns about Dad were real, and with good reason. Zoe remembered how pale and dull Dad's bright blue eyes had gone after their mother suddenly passed away five years ago. Sometimes he still got that look, randomly at the mall when they walked by one of Mommy's favorite store, or after coming home from an awful day at work, grunting about an evil co-worker or a new boss who knew less about customer service than he did. And it wasn't just Dad's eyes that went sad. His face and shoulders would droop too. Then he'd lock himself in his room to watch a sports channel, barely talking to Zoe or Jose, sometimes for hours, sometimes for weeks. When he got into his funks, Zoe was always terrified that dad might have a heart attack out of the blue, like mommy, or maybe just slowly waste away in front of his basketball game. And then what would she and Jose do? They'd be orphans. Would they have to go to foster care? Would a new family adopt them? Would they be too old to be adopted? Zoe had heard once that babies got adopted more often than bigger kids. So Zoe was always relieved when a shiny new dream put the twinkle back in Dad's eye. Dad needed his dreams, and they needed Dad, so Zoe and Jose had to support Dad's dreams. Why was that so hard for Jose to understand? It seemed like the straightforward logic that was usually right up his alley. Suddenly, all the muscles below Zoe's belly button seemed to tighten, the way her calf muscles cramped sometimes after she ran a mile in gym class. Zoe winced, doubling over the cart in pain. Jose abruptly stopped mid-rant. Zoe, are you okay? What's wrong? He asked, clearly alarmed. Ow, ow, ow. 
Zoe whimpered, resting her head on the green twin XL sheet set. My stomach is killing me, and she trailed off as all at once the pressure and pain eased, except Zoe was suddenly aware of a wet sensation between her legs, as if she'd peed her pants. Oh no! Zoe, what is it? Jose asked again. It feels wet down there, she whispered miserably. You probably just got your period, Jose said. He pulled out his phone. I'll wait here while you go to the bathroom. Zoe's eyes widened as her heartbeat sped up. She'd given up on experiencing the rite of passage. Already five foot four, she had been filling out sports bras for a while. But since no period ever came, she figured her body had just decided not to menstruate. The same way some people just couldn't roll their R's. But now that La Tia Rojita... Mommy had always cheerily rolled the R when referring to her own period as the little red aunt had finally decided to visit. Zoe felt anything but relieved. What should she do? Was there time to run back to Poppy's house? Had she already bled through her shorts? Zoe spun in a circle in the middle of the aisle like a dog chasing its tail, trying to see if there were any dark stains on her butt. Jose raised his eyebrows. What are you doing? Zoe didn't answer right away, but she stopped moving and hugged her arms to her chest. It's my first period, she said, panic seeping into her voice. Her body suddenly felt too warm, and she looked down at her flip-flops on the verge of tears. And I don't know what to do. Wondering what happens next? Check out The Dreamweaver by Reina Luce Alegre, available in multiple formats at www.houstonlibrary.org.